I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Tossed Popcorn is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tossed Popcorn. I'm Liana Holston. And I'm Sienna Jekyll. And this is the podcast where two idiots watch every film on the AFI's 100 Greatest American Movies of All Time, the very slightly less racist 10th Anniversary Edition. This podcast is a safe space for people who don't know anything about movies. Today, we're watching City Lights. Number 11 on the AFI list. Warning, there will be spoilers about this quiet old film. (laughs) One could say silent. Uh, Also a content warning, we will be talking about suicidal ideation during this episode. Sienna, Eliana... I first, before we even get into it, I want to ask, how did you do with this film, given all of the on-screen text? Oh, my gosh. I was, I thought about you the whole time. I was like, oh, no, as soon as I realized it was a silent film. Yeah. So when I found out it was a silent movie, my first feeling was, oh, my gosh, amazing. No men will speak in this movie. Uh And it looks like it's going to be a lot of gags and funny slapstick stuff. I'm all about it. So I went in so excited and then immediately became so sad at the tragedy that is a movie that has everything perfect that I want in it also has so much on-screen reading. So uh, I was really stressed at the beginning, I must say, but there actually weren't, there wasn't that many, there weren't that many text slides. Yeah. And one thing that I'll say for this film is whenever there was notes held up to the camera, They were on there for like 40 seconds at a time. So I I was actually pretty pleased. (laughs) Well, I would love to hear what you thought this film was going to be about. Hi, Liana. I am about to watch the movie City Lights. I have never heard of it, nor has anyone in my family. Uh, Neither have you. Um, And I, for some reason, I think it's going to be a Charlie Chaplin film. Oh, I'm imagining a silly, silent man hopping around on factory cranes and items uh maybe he changes a big light bulb and that's where the lights come in yeah. oh you know what i really hope this happens i'm getting excited oh i'm gonna be disappointed if this is not what this film is <laughs> i want to see a man in a hat change a big old light bulb <laughs> Woo! okay here we go city lights love you bye <laughs> i cannot believe i was right that it was a charlie chaplin film what made you think it would be i think i was conflating it with another charlie chaplin film the one where he actually is like in a factory Oh, um, God, I don't remember the name. Yes. Uh, maybe it City Lights. Anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I was totally confusing it, but for that reason, ended up coming back around to getting it right. Wow. I'd like to ask you, um, how did you know that I didn't know anything Uh about this movie? Because last time when we said, the next show is City Lights, we were both like, (laughs) I looked into the webcam and I I put up my shrug and you were mirroring me. So You fleabagged. Well, let's hear my prediction and find out. Okay. Hi, Sienna. It's Liana. I'm about to watch City Lights. I don't know what this movie is. I don't know who (laughs) is in it. I don't even know where I will be able to watch it. My best guess as to what this film could be about, mayhaps the invention of electricity, (gasps) that all the people in the past could go, whoa, look at all those city lights. (laughs) Love you. Bye. (laughs) Do you understand now why it was called City Lights? No. Because I don't. Okay. I'm still not (laughs) sure. I I mean, like, there was a city. The thing is, you could name almost any film City Lights. And people would be like, I guess. Okay, well, yes, this is a comedy film. Mm. Let's hear a summary, shall we? Oh, yes. This is City Lights. An unhoused individual, played by Charlie Chaplin, falls in love with a visually impaired flower vendor. I'm sorry. It's so funny to be trying to give a 2021 description. (laughs) I tried to kind of summarize it in a way that I know that my uncle will hate. (laughs) And through a series of goofs and gags, finds himself on a quest to pay for the surgery to restore his love's sight. Uh, It's in black and white. It's silent. He also meets a character called the eccentric millionaire. I really appreciated that the characters in this movie were just named as what they did, who they were. Yes. Their whole deal, instead of having names for us to get confused by. I love that. It's like last week with the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of... It makes it so much easier to keep track. 1917 would just be the haunted boy. (laughs) This is a silent film, despite, I think, coming out after when Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Do you know about that, Liana? Oh, baby, do I? I have some (laughs) historical context. Here we go. City Lights was released in March of 1931... Which, yes, Sienna, what you were saying is right. It was four years after talkies had entered the scene. Wow, wow. The first talkie was the jazz singer, which we talked about in our Singing in the Rain ep. Gulp. (laughs) Fuck that movie. But it was a bold move for Chaplin to do a silent film four years into talkies being released because the whole world was like, we're done with those. are Okay, thank you. Mm. And thank you next. Chaplin himself was not a big fan of talkies. He thought they were going to be a phase. He was like, oh, I give him three years at most. Mm hmm. And apparently that opening scene where everybody sounds like a kazoo. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's meant to be mocking talkies and what people like sounded like when talking on oh, film. They sounded so bad. Yeah. Lol. My brother turned to me and said, is that what you think men sound like? I think that's what <laughs> men think you sound like. It's that mid range. <laughs> oh, wait, you're right. <gasps> I've experienced it so many times this week. <laughs> God damn it. Um... Literally, Albert Einstein attended the premiere of this film, I guess, pre-making the atomic bomb. I don't know. Maybe he was on sabbatical or something. I forgot he, like, did things. Yeah, he was Chaplin's personal guest at one of the premieres. He had a good time. The film took two years to make because Chaplin was very particular about it. And in fact, the scene where he first meets the flower girl at one point held the Guinness record for the most retakes of a scene ever. Also, the woman who played the flower girl fucking hated Chaplin. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Which I love. Anyway, the movie itself, City Lights, is considered a farewell to the art of silent filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And it was really only because of Chaplin's stature and, you know, status as a producer on the film and owning the studio where it was filmed that the film could even get made in the first place because everybody had moved on to the talkies. Mm. Charlie Chaplin himself was born in 1889. He had to start earning his own money at 10 when his father died. He was English. I don't know if we all knew that. Oh, I did not know that. There we go. The character that he plays in this movie is called the Little Tramp. And that's a stock character that he has played in many, many a film. He created that character in 1914. And the character always wears the same outfit. These large pants, long shoes, a tight little Mm -hmm. vest, a bowler hat, a bamboo cane, and the toothbrush, now more commonly known as Hitler mustache. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, Little Tramp is Charlie Chaplin's best known and most recognizable and iconic character. If you've ever seen a picture of Charlie Chaplin, you've probably seen him dressed as the Tramp. 
The Tramp was last seen in the 1936 film Modern Times. Because the tramp never spoke, since most of his character's humor and expressions lie in his physicality and his facial expressions. Uh-huh. And those were loved and recognized the world over. And Charlie Chaplin was worried that if the tramp ever spoke, he'd A, lose any of the non-English speaking audiences and just wouldn't live up to what people, the, the idea that people right. had of the tramp in their heads, you know? Yeah, yeah. Another thing about Charlie Chaplin is he did get a 16-year-old girl pregnant. Um <laughs> Oh, oh man. Her name is Lolita McMurray, who was renamed Lita Gray. Her name is Lolita? Lilita, but I know. I hear it too. Uh, Chaplin directed her at the age of 12 in a film called The Kid, and then he directed her again at the age of 16 for the movie The Gold Rush, which is when the studio had her change her name. He got her pregnant. Uh, he married and had two children with her. And uh, if she was 16 in 1925 when The Gold Rush was being made, that makes him 20 years her senior. They had a very unhappy marriage. Hashtag surprise. Virginia Cheryl, or Cheryl, or who's to say how to pronounce that, plays the flower girl in City Lights. She was born in 1908. So again, what, 19 years between the two of them? She actually was nearsighted. So the way that she got the role was she could act the role of being visually impaired the best out of anybody who auditioned for it because nobody else could do it convincingly, which once again, you know, Mm. an argument for actually letting differently able people play the roles that are about them. (laughs) Mm. And yeah, so she just definitely hated Charlie Chaplin because he kept making her do retakes of this movie and I think probably also just sucked in general. Thus concludes the historical context for City Lights. Thank you. You're welcome. One thing I really that is fascinating to me about this movie is all the retakes. And I think for me, there's something kind of magical as a person who, an ADHD woman who just spends too much time on things Mm. and does things over and over and over and over to think that there was a time in Hollywood before they figured out how to make things efficient and they let you just waste so much film. Yeah. Just to get the perfect thing. A perfectionist's dream. I feel like you really could have thrived on this film set and I would have been in a well. Like I would have been so sad. <laughs> that sounds like heaven to me to be able to go, let's just do it again to make it perfect. Oh my God. And if I was like, was it mostly right? Great. I want to go home. <laughs> Please. I see why she hated him. Yeah. We're like, I'm sitting here. Like I did it already. I'm, I'm sitting. Yeah. Okay. Liana. I want to know what, how do you feel about this movie? Like, I have no idea how you're going to feel about it, actually. <laughs> I think the way I feel about it was I was enjoying it up to a point because I was like, oh, this is silly and fun. Mm-hmm. There's genuinely funny stuff in it. I feel like it mm-hmm. did invent some comedy things like the swallowing the whistle. I mean, come on, that's classic comedy. Oh. But I did get bored by a certain point because at a certain point, a man being bad at everything he does is no longer hot. Like it renders him so unappealing that I just can't Mm. be bothered to experience more of him. Right. And before that, you found him hot? Uh, no. Well. Oh, you're, oh. I don't know. I am, again, it's been a very long year. I can't, I mean, it's just so bold to think that Charlie Chaplin's hot that to even. Oh, you know what? I know why I was confused about if I thought he was hot or not. Do you know who Ben Wilbond is? No. He's on a show called Ghosts on HBO Max, which is my favorite TV show. He plays a World War II military captain (laughs) on the show. But his face shape and his expressions remind me a lot of Chaplin in this film. And I love Ben Wilbond a lot. So that's where I was like, hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because to just say like, oh, I don't know, maybe I thought he was hot without that being like a hot take is absolutely insane. Because <laughs> I've I've thought a lot about it a lot for myself, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because okay. a kind of smallish man who has very good control mm-hmm. over his physicality yeah. is everything to me. <laughs> yeah, and he's a gentle boy. I mean, that's like my usual crush type, yeah. right? But I was like, okay, I'm not finding myself having a crush on Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Mm. Because that's so bold, despite Liana acting like it was a completely (laughs) chill. I don't under... Why is it so bananas? Well, because he... We all know him as being dressed in a little bowler hat and a little (laughs) mustache. It's very strange. Like waddling around. I will say the bowler hat is not a deal breaker for me. (laughs) A friend once described my type as the reanimated corpse of a World War I soldier. (laughs) What did you think about this movie overall? I feel like you and your family would love this. Um, I loved it so much. Yeah. (laughs) 
I loved this movie. It's so funny. He's so cute. And it was so sweet. And the stakes were so clear. His motivation was obvious. He wants to get money for this woman, especially the stakes are raised when she is going to be evicted, needed to pay her rent, the $22 of her rent. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I knew the whole time what he was trying to do. I could keep up with that. And just a bunch of gags. Oh, it was the best. It, it's my favorite movie we've seen so far. Mm, that makes sense. It is. A, it's a very simple plot, which is very appealing. There were just so many things he did that was like, that's always funny, you know? Oh, yeah. Like when he gets impaled, when he first wakes up on the city statue, <laughs> a surprise reveal that he's sleeping on the new statue dedicated to the city. And then he yeah. his, the sword impales his pants. People ripping their pants is always funny. And then everybody tries to get him off of the statue, but they have to stop for the, the national anthem. <gasps> that is, that I laughed so hard <laughs> when the national anthem starts playing. And the entire crowd, including the police, are yelling at Charlie Chaplin to get off the statue. And then everyone, for reasons, for the entirety of the national anthem. It's so funny. So, yes, we start off with this kazoo mayor, <laughs> as you talked about. the. <laughs> That's very funny that he was making fun of the way that those movies sounded. Because I'm yeah. sure they did sound like crap. <laughs> <laughs> did you have subtitles on at any point? No. Wait, why? There's no speaking. I guess I just accidentally had it on. But at that part, the subtitles read, quacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation <laughs> yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Oh, okay, so then he walks past who ends up being the love of his life, selling flowers. 
Do you remember what she was called? Fl- Blind Flower Girl or something? Nobody had a name. Blind Flower Girl? Yeah. The Flowerstress. I wrote down at this point, after COVID is over, we should reinstate public drinking mugs attached to walls. <laughs> Do you mean fountains? <laughs> no. <laughs> the cup next to the fountain. Did you see it? No, I didn't realize that was a public domain cup. It was a chain, a chain attached to a wow. little tin mug Wow. right next to a water fountain. So you could go. I didn't see this at all. There were a couple things attached to walls that I enjoyed in this film. The birdcage. Outside of her home? I was worried because they showed the birdcage right after they were showing a cat. And I was like, "Uh (gasps) uh-oh, that cat's going to get that bird. But it's not a British movie, and so it didn't. That's how you know. Even though the steering wheel was on the right-hand side. The right side. Well, Chaplin was English. And also, I read somewhere that the city itself is not a defined place. It's like a hybrid of a bunch of different cities. London, New York, Los Angeles, Naples, a bunch of places. I saw that too, which makes sense because (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm learning now that I hate when you also Google the film. (laughs) I know. I didn't mean to. They Googled it around me. No, it's okay. It's, it's, I'm, it's really so fine on paper. I, this is me learning about myself. You're like, oh, that that awakened something in me. Well, I'm glad about it here because sometimes I feel like, oh crap, I should probably do some more research. Mm. Maybe I shouldn't come into it completely unaware, but Mm -hmm. That's comforting because I can keep coming in totally dumb, which I love. (laughs) I love telling people facts that they didn't previously know. I'm like Riley from National Treasure. Ah, or a man. Do you remember that scene? (gasps) Oh my God, I'm a... Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no! No, it's different. It's so different. Trust me, I've experienced it so many times. It's so different. I'm impatient. I don't have a lot of faith in people. And I love explaining things. Oh, no, I'm a man. You know what? No. Mm. You can understand me. Okay, yeah. And in that way, that's what you separates. can not be a man. Okay, thank you. Did you notice the scene where there were both unnecessary boobs and a horse? With the statue? Yeah. <laughs> the statue. Pretty early on. I was like... This counts. There's an unnecessary boob. You can only see one side of it. Uh Uh-huh. But he's staring right at him, and you can tell. Chaplin goes and just looks in a store window, and he does a lot of slapstick. Oh, is he going to fall in a pit? No, he's not. But while he's doing all that, the two statues in the window are a naked woman and a horse. Whoa, wait. There are two symbols. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. (laughs) Or the two things that are in every single film. When we make a tossed popcorn crest. It'll be a naked woman on a horse. Or I guess the crest of the AFI, really. Or it'll be a horse with boobs. (laughs) The man is a good actor. He was very funny. People say about this last scene, somebody in like 1946 was like, this was the greatest acting ever to be put on the screen. And I was like, was it? Oh, I thought it was. I cried. Really? I just thought he looked a lot like the rabbit from Donnie Darko. It was weird that he was kind of biting his thumb really flirtily. He's like, did you? Okay, can you explain this ending to me? I know we're jumping around plot wise, but I did not. Did you think that it was a romance? Uh, uh, Yes. (laughs) Yes, I do. I mean, I also thought it was a comedy. It's not like the entire time. No, but okay. But the ending specifically, do you think it ends with them getting together? Oh, yeah. Because, okay, so the ending is a bit ambiguous in that. So basically the whole film, you know, he's just in love with this woman and at some point decides to make money to pay for her rent and then pay for her surgery and he does pay for her surgery but he stole the money in a way Mm. the cops thought he stole the money so he has to go to jail so he says here's this money for well he doesn't say he mimes (laughs) here's this money for the surgery and it's really sweet that's how medicine works (laughs) then at the end he comes back downtrodden shabbier than ever the shabbiest he's been he walks past her booming flower shop women in business and she's a mogul she's a flower mogul (laughs) that's all they had at the time was moguls yeah you were either of some industry you were either a tramp yeah a socialite which Mm -hmm. we can talk about as well or a mogul yeah or someone's grandmother (laughs) eventually she goes out to give him a coin and she feels his hand so beautiful i'm getting emotional she feels his hand And she realizes this is the hand of the man who used to come and visit and care for her. 
She looks at him and she says, you? Oh my God, I'm going to power through this because Sienna's getting overwhelmed. She says, you. He says, you can see now. She says, yes, I can see now. That's the end of the movie. So you thought it was love between them? Okay, so I didn't get what you were asking. Um, I don't know. I don't know and I don't need to know. You don't need to know? No, it was beautiful. Oh, I needed to know. I was not satisfied with this ending. Really? That's understandable. I couldn't tell if this was a man saying like, I'm worth this gorgeous young woman's attention regardless of me. Yeah. Or if it was saying, we are two friends and thank you for your help. Thank you for being a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought of it more like that. A thank you for being a friend moment. Yeah. Sort of a beautiful connection and they're not going to go date. But- do you think a man in the past was going to make a movie about a woman thanking him for being a friend? I don't. I, do, I guess I choose to think about it as little as possible. Yeah. And also for me, I was so not confused from mm-hmm. the whole rest of the movie and so not worn out because the rest of the movie was exactly what I want to watch. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of gags that mm-hmm. I had the energy then to go, oh, my gosh, um. what a beautiful change of events. I think the whole time, the whole movie, I was like, me and who? (laughs) Who's going to be out here showing up being like, let me pay your rent for you and also buy you an expensive medical procedure simply because you handed me a flower on the side. Like, who? Where is he? (laughs) And dressed like an old, old timey man. Oh, my God. Speaking of dressing like the grandmother, I did write down that um, they costumed her the exact same way that they costumed everyone in my high school rendition of Fiddler on the Roof. (laughs) (laughs) yes i can see that such peasant wear yeah just the longest heaviest skirt you can find your mom's button down shirt and then a shawl that you are definitely allergic to that they wrap around your shoulders and tie and you still have to do arm choreography in the shawl um my favorite part with her wardrobe was when she she has her shawl that she's wearing inside the home and then she went outside because Her granddaughter gets sick and she has to go take over the flower selling. And when she goes outside, she grabs her outside shawl and puts it on over her inside shawl. Yep. I noticed that too. (laughs) Shawls shawls all the way down. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk about the partying in this movie. Because, I mean, it just made me reflect on, in general, how in the past, I mean, they partied hard. They go Mm -hmm. to one sort of, uh, it seemed like a New Year's Eve party. I thought so. So many ribbons. The slipperiest dance floor in history, apparently. I did wonder what you thought they were eating at that meal. Because they sit down. The butler? The waiter. The waiter. Oh my the waiter God. at the place <laughs> scoops them some Sienna. dry. He's very butler-esque. Mm-hmm. He scoops them some dry spaghetti, which maybe at the time was exotic, out of a pan. You can see what seems like maybe like a, a, a sausage. I don't remember much of that scene because I got so distressed that even during a comedy film... There was violence against a woman. Do you remember this? Okay, of course I remember that because I was going to ask you as a theater and history major if you knew if that was like a thing because it seemed like that was part of the theater. Yes, every time they went to a party in the past, it got interrupted by a man (laughs) domestically abusing his girlfriend. No, honestly, that would not surprise me. I don't think it was like, like, I don't think it was a performance or a cabaret, you know, dinner theater moment. I think it was a street fight that broke into the club or something like that. Um, but I did love a different woman in that scene because <laughs> everybody seemed like they were getting pretty rowdy at this this dinner club dance floor party. And one woman comes up to their table with Charlie and the eccentric millionaire and just shakes her ass at them. And I, <laughs> I loved it. I remember that woman. I remember oh, her. Oh, I thought it was really something to emulate because I've been trying to like meet people <laughs> when going yeah. out. And people are so shy and weird these days that I don't know how to do it. And I think it's just throw ass. <laughs> yeah, because a man ran up and ended up dancing with her. Yeah. This is around the time where I started accepting the fact that I think that this character is me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this. The tramp resonated with me. I do think you... Both have a similar capacity for delight and pleasant surprise. Like when things happen, you're kind of like, oh, that's fun and interesting. Thank you. See, there you go. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the way that he responds to life. And um, okay, first of all, yes, at at one point he's at another party with this drunk man and 
swallows a whistle and the way that he's coughing, which is such a funny performance. Mm-hmm. I just, the way that he's trying to hold in this cough, I, that was just my entire like middle school experience was me trying not to cough in class so hard. And I like <laughs> leave the classroom and try to get a, as far away from the classroom as possible to be like, <laughs> I also cough like a dog. It's a thing. Um, <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> then also, okay. Aggressively putting others needs before his own. Yes. Like when, uh, when his girlfriend is gathering up the <laughs> yarn mm-hmm. when she's turning a loose thread from his undergarments uh, huh? <laughs> into a big ball of yarn. Yeah, because um, instead of the end of the yarn that she's trying to re-ball, she grabs yeah. a loose thread from his shirt. It's funny, baby. And she tugs on it. And he's kind of like, oh, okay, uh, you know what? <laughs> just take it. Just go. Just yeah. go ahead. Yeah. All right, right. here you go. Like and then, instead of- <laughs> let me make it easier for you to uh, to walk all over me. I do feel like you have a propensity to sort of let a small disaster unfold rather than being like, yeah. would we mind exactly. if this didn't? <laughs> Something where it would have just taken a moment for him to say, oh, sorry, you did this. But he would have embarrassed her and felt kind of bad. So he's like, you know what? Just take it. Yeah. Just go. Just have have this shirt. That's 100% myself all the time. Yeah. And then, of course, the slapstick of it all, which, oh. as you know, you could maybe tell the listeners my relationship Sienna is never not doing a bit of a slapstick routine, especially when we are beginning our podcast recordings. <laughs> One time she fully yanked something out of the wall, which I think we have discussed. Or just like, just like nothing is charged <laughs> or they, everything is everywhere. You are in a different yep. building from where you're supposed to be for the recording. Every <laughs> single time. And you've had no water all day. <laughs> I can't even explain to you how every one of those things happened today. <laughs> Uh, I got a flu shot moments before this, which I think is making me a bit drowsy. <laughs> moments. <laughs> Truly, like like 20 minutes before we had to record. My phone, as, as I went to ch- send you my prediction, it died and <laughs> I had to charge it. Um, and what I did not tell you about yet was the fact that 10 minutes before we were actually going to record, I was so hungry. I'm like, I got I to gotta get some food in my system so that I can actually talk about this movie. And I opened up a can of tuna, which we have here. No. And... I got some crackers. No, 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 it's delicious. It's tuna and oil. Really good. Good snack. Um, But I didn't all the way, I was in a hurry, so I didn't all the way peel the can off. And I I cut my finger. (laughs) And it was a bloodbath. No. It was a mess. No, I was using paper towels. I was, I don't know what it is about this part of my hand. You can see it now. I can't. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) This is band-aid number two. Okay, Listener, she is holding up her finger to the screen and I am... Girl, you are bleeding through that Band-Aid. I know. From a tuna can? Yeah, you... you, Babe, you are the tramp. <laughs> I'm the tramp. I loved it so much. Oh, and he's so nervous before the boxing match. Well, anybody would be. Can we talk about the boxing match, though? Yes, it was so choreographed. And why was he fighting a very tired businessman? <laughs> Silly. He looked like um, Tully from Sesame Street. What is that? Do you remember him? The guy who likes the triangles? Huh? Telly. Telly. He looked like Telly from Sesame Street. What is Tully? I was thinking, is Sully the monster from Monsters, Inc., or is that the guy who landed the plane in the Hudson? I believe it's both. Oh, my it's God. Both. Wow. Mm-hmm. Heroes abound. Him, the businessman he was fighting, and the ref all on stage. Mm. In the ring, surely? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We didn't suffer through Raging Bull for you to not know boxing terminology. Um, I blocked it out, as you know. Yeah. Hey, everybody, if you're looking for a boxing movie to watch, <laughs> watch this one instead of Raging Bull. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So yeah. much better. Yeah. Also, did you clock that this was the chillest representation of a person of color in yes. any movie that we have seen? Mm-hmm. It was just a guy being a guy. There was just a guy. And nobody a, a was like, black boxer. you are black. It was amazing. The bar is so low. <laughs> the bar is so low. It was. It's embarrassing how remarkable it was. Yeah. It was like, what's going to happen? Is anybody going to say anything? Is this going to be a thing? Right. No? It was a person who guy. was not defined by their race. They just were a person. The AFI is like, oops, <laughs> we didn't mean to let that happen. Put it lower on the list. Oh. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Did you have a favorite a favorite gag that you can remember? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, yes, I do. I do. My favorite gag <laughs> is when he's back at the horse, the, sh- the shit shoveling hub, mm. and he's washing his hands, and a guy next to him is eating his lunch, <laughs> and they swap the soap for the cheese, which is very funny. And then the man makes the weirdest looking sandwich I've ever seen, first of all. Like, even if he made it with the right food, I didn't know what the sandwich was supposed to be because it was bread, a thick block of cheese and then what like an onion that he bit into and then stacked on top of it anyway it's all that except that the cheese is a bar of soap and then the man gets mad at charlie for putting the soap where the cheese was but while he's yelling at charlie bubbles are coming out of his mouth and that's fun that's just fun it's just fun that was a fun series of events Uh, what about you any favorite gags the ones that are sticking out to me are the pasta one where he's eating the spaghetti oh. and a streamer gets in it. This big, long, long, curly streamer gets into his spaghetti and he's slurping it and keeps slurping it and slurping it. There's no cut, first of all, so I don't know how much of that he had to get in his mouth. Mm-hmm. But it is just really funny to see somebody gobbling up a big, curly string across the screen. Yeah. It was so funny. Also, the boxing scene where he's so good getting putting the lucky rabbit's foot oh. on himself. And flirting with the man. Wait. Oh, he was so camp. <laughs> it was so funny. He's trying to like woo this guy in a friendly way, but ends up kind of batting his eyelashes. It was adorable. And being way too smiley, yeah. which also resonated with me. Oh, uh, yes. Just being overly. Gosh, you really are this character. <laughs> I know. I know. I've never felt so seen. That and then finding out that he did a million takes. I'm like, mm-hmm. this film is everything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us, I think, to badges and tragedies. Let's do it, baby. Let's talk about what worked for us and what did not. We have badges for the things that we really liked in this film and tragedies that were things that we did not like. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, badge for Charlie's eyebrows. Strong as oh. hell. Very expressive. Extraordinarily that's where thick. Keaton's went. Oh my god, that's funny. Listener, yeah. Sienna just said that's where Diane Keaton's eyebrows went. In our Godfather episode, we talked famously about where the fuck were Diane Keaton's eyebrows. We have found them. They are on Charlie Chaplin's face. Badge for the relatability of how hard it is to get out of a pool. This is during the uh, scene, the scene, where they're both trying to get out of the water. And the boys are having a hard time. And I was like, yeah, as a child, I really was always stressed about getting out of the pool because it's such a public thing. It's like parallel parking in front of people. It's just so embarrassing. And you have to use your uh-huh. arm strength. And you have not used your arms before because you do Irish dance. And it, Anyway, um, a badge for Charlie's turnout because Irish dance related. We always had to have turnout. And his was ideal. A badge for dogs. Do you remember this? When he swallows the whistle and then a bunch of dogs show up. And I was like, oh, yeah. yes. These people at this party should be thanking him. He brought like 12 dogs into a party. I would have loved that. Um, a badge for an old-timey suitcase sticker that just says, to Europe. And finally, a badge for an on-screen calendar. This is when he goes to prison and is there for months. And they give us a calendar to show the time is passing, so the days are scooping. And on the calendar, they have the year. It says 1930. And I said, thank you. (laughs) Those are great. Thank you. Badge for my favorite sports movie ever. (laughs) I have a feeling it will remain my favorite. The only watchable sports movie it's so funny to call City Lights a sports movie. <laughs> and people who don't know about it would think like, oh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, sure. Sports. Cool. She's just like us. Little do you know. Just hang in tight and it'll become a sports movie. I, I swear. A badge <laughs> for a man with a mustache stretching to grab a jug of milk and yes. then getting splashed with water. Oh, so much water. That actually gets two badges from me. And then finally, a badge for fun party hats. I mean... Yeah. Excellent party hats. More like sun party hats. Am I right? There is a, a hat that looks like the rays of a sun. A little soleil. And that is why Liana's joke is very good. Very good joke. Thank you. Okay. Any trages, Liana? I do have trages. I have a trage for... It's insane to me that men describe women as shrill when all of the music that men put in films in the past <laughs> makes my ears bleed. <laughs> And I was watching it on a laptop. I mean, that's not a powerful speaker system. And still, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a a Gershwin shriek. (laughs) That's really funny because my alarm in the morning says Rhapsody in Blue. And I wake up in a terrible mood every day. And I think that's why. Because it's like. (laughs) Why would you do that to yourself? (laughs) A trage for saying suicidal ideation is something that can be cured. Um, Mm -hmm. Trage for the Citizen Kane ass house. This eccentric millionaire's house looked so much like the Citizen Kane house. It was tall. It was dark. The furniture was huge. And I didn't like it. A trage for a full dead goose. There's always a dead animal in the past. And I was like, huh, I don't want it. Remember that? He he gets out this limp ass goose and he's just swinging it around at the the flower girl. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah, they had to show that humans were dominant back in the day. <laughs> Lest the geese revolt. <laughs> All the geese that watched this film, they were like, oh, that's right. Stand down, boys. Honk. And then finally, a trage for no women had any personalities in this film. They were only there to progress the storylines of the men. That's true. Though I will say, I noticed a lot of women on the side. No, because this was actually something that I noticed. A fun reason to watch this movie is to watch all the women sitting reacting to him, which sucks and whatever. But they were really interesting to watch. I was watching them a lot of the time, actually. All right. When he's at the sun hat party, the woman next to him is like, what is this man doing Mm. with the whistle? My only tragedies are, A, the millionaire. He looked like Mr. Big from Sex and the City. But upon watching Sex and the City again recently, I have more complicated feelings about Mr. Big. So, like, wait, wait. He used to be only just bad. Wait, what is he now? Um, I think like maybe he and Carrie are right for each other in sort of like a weird way. This is interesting. I've never seen this show, but I I know that that's wrong as a take. He did look like Mr. Big, but with very wet hair. Right? Yeah, he was like Mr. Big, but wet. Ew. <laughs> Also, very much the friend who, like, only wants to hang out when you're drunk. Totally. Very relatable for a lot of people's freshman year college experience. Yeah, this was a proximity friendship for sure. Big time. All right, everybody. We are now going to do a big favor, which is we are going to teach you how you can pretend that you've seen this film. This is for you are at 
the local fountain and you've got your little mug chained to the wall. Mm-hmm. And Christopher is approaching you mm-hmm. saying, oh my goodness, could you please sell me a flower? I simply love this plaza. Here are some sentences you can say <laughs> uh, to, to d- deter Christopher away from you because you know this film and he needs to stop talking to you. Christopher, though City Lights was behind its time in terms of audio style, in many ways it's ahead of its time in its social commentary about the rich, etc. My God, Christopher, thank you for approaching me in public. I would say the way in which the city of City Lights is an amalgamation of many cities across the globe very much to me represents how we all are an amalgamation of silly little gags that make up each and every one of us. We've all been stabbed in the ass by a sword, Christopher. We've all nearly (laughs) fallen into a pit while looking at a pair of boobs, Christopher. We've all accidentally been in a boxing match with the most exhausted Wall Street man I've ever seen, Christopher. (laughs) Christopher, you might not have noticed this. You had to look hard, but I know that the dead goose being swung around in this film (laughs) actually represented... The bourgeoisie. (laughs) And thank you. Sienna, what is this segment? Should you watch this or? In which we tell you if this film is worth watching or if you should do something else with your time. Mm. Liana, would you spend an hour and a half watching this film if you didn't have to? Or would you do something else? I would not. But the problem is, it's a really fun visual film. I just, I would say you should watch it on like four times the speed. So that you can Mm. get the storyline. Because you all know what's going to happen. It's a classic rom-com story. And it is fun to see the gags and the expressions. And actually, I think it would be really fun to watch on three times the speed. Mm -hmm. I also... It's so interesting to... Okay. (laughs) It's really interesting. Okay. You done? I can tell that didn't kick in yet for your... The internet. There was a problem because I was doing it for a long time. No, no. No, it had... It was running the full time. (laughs) There was no delay on that. But I, I was just hmm. thinking it was it's really interesting that this film held your attention and I got bored during it because often it's vice versa. But it really does seem like it was the exact niche for you. Truly, the way that it worked with my brain and anybody else who might have the special kind of neurodivergence that uh, <laughs> I and maybe my family members <laughs> seem to possess, it was really nice. It was what I want a movie to be. It did. It, it held my attention. Didn't stress me out. It worked for me, so I would recommend trying it out. Yeah. Oh, yay. 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 A film that yay. didn't make us miserable. Sienna, I feel like I know what the answer is, but what would you rate this film? Well, she's I'm being very coy, listener. <laughs> she's almost hiding doing- from the camera. I can barely see her. She's sort of performing a bit of a dance. <laughs> oh, no. She's gone full Bjork. <laughs> I am going to give this film a six out of five, baby. (laughs) Oh my God. That's breaking through, breaking past the rating. Six what out of five? Six rabbit's feet. Yeah. Out of five. Nice. Yeah. And the reason for that, you've already heard the things I love about it. I love a gag. Every morning I wake up and I watch Fail Army on my phone. (laughs) That's all I want. Slapstick comedy. I love a, a little silly man, and it's sweet, and it ends in a cute way. Anyway, if every movie did plot the way that City Lights did, uh-huh. I would like every movie. Okay. So yeah, this is my favorite one so far. I love her. We love to see it. How would you rate this film, Liana? I would give mine 2.5 cheese soaps out of five. That's a good one. And I would give it 2.5 because for me, the suicidality portion of it was tough to watch um and also you know it it, they're not going to handle that delicately in the year 1931 and so that was they did not do a good job that definitely dinged it down very very far but i did i loved the choreographed humor of it i loved the gags that a lot of them stand the test of time and are still very funny and, and take you by surprise and i did enjoy watching a silent film i thought it was a refreshing change of pace Hmm, i like that thank you yeah well, everyone, that's it from Tossed Popcorn on City Lights. Whoa, look at those city lights. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Um, 
please feel free to follow us on social media. We are everywhere at Toss Popcorn. We are on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. If you liked this episode, please rate us five stars and write us a nice little review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to your favorite shows. And next week, we will be watching Sienna. The Searchers. What are they looking for? (laughs) What will they find? (laughs) Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. You can find us on Instagram as at Sienna Jekyll and at Liana Holston. Please check the description for the spelling of our dumb names. We put out episodes every Tuesday, so make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. See you next week on Tossed Popcorn. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check the iHeartRadio app. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.